do your homework. Do your homework. Um, and be realistic. Um, it's not for everybody, but do your homework. Um, contact these places. Talk to people. Um, and just make sure you, you understand what's going on and, and you understand everything that's out there because there's a lot going on out there and, and you just can't go into it blindly. You just have to, to do your due diligence. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups into seven and eight figure businesses, as well as the founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com and we're always here to help. Now, today we've got a where are you at or where are you at now episode for one of the expert episodes and so we get a we get a double whammy of where are you at now and we get some more expertise which is uh excited to chat about um so the guest is uh trish luan if i can say it right i'm always worried I'm gonna all right or all right so i missed <laughs> that but we'll just go with trish and so that way it's easier for there me. you go um, but just as a, as a quick catch up, so Trisha, we had her on about six months ago and we talked a lot about executive assistance and how, you know, having an executive assistant, what it might mean for doing it uh, virtually, how you might think about uh, pursuing it, hiring them, uh, you know, finding them, you know, what is the ways that you determine whether you need one and what or, or find a good one and, and all of that. And we had a pretty good conversation. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to that episode, definitely go back to uh, and catch up on the original episode. But today is kind of a follow-on, and it's always kind of fun because with as with a lot of industries, but in particular this one, we have COVID that's continued to come along. You've had uh, working from home that's becoming er, a, a bigger thing. People not wanting to go back in the office, increasing a lot of times with competition. And so we're going to chat a lot about that and how things have continued to evolve and for the kind of the virtual assistant, the executive assistant, and those kind of uh, roles. And uh, so with that much as an introduction, welcome on the podcast, Trish. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good to be back again. I just can't believe that six months ha has gone by already. Yeah, I agree. It, it seems to be that uh, time or time flies uh, by quicker than we ever think it will. So very true. Very true. So now kind of just diving into the, the area of expertise or kind of the update on the area of expertise, <laughs> but uh, talk, you know, and, and we chatted a bit before, but it seems like with, with COVID, you know, there was a originally when COVID came out and we're now reaching back over here, uh, which time flies again there, there was kind of the, hey, we're going to shut down temporarily. People work from home because we need to. And there was a bit of a question mark as to what that will look like when things start to open back up. When people can go back in the office, will employers have employees come back in? Will people love working from home so much that they'll stay at home? And, you know, or will there be some sort of a hybrid? So within the kind of the, you know, broad spectrum of virtual assistants and executive assistants and those type of things, how are you seeing that evolution play out well um one of the, the the things about working at home is always being interrupted by cats <laughs> uh, she, this is fiona she never misses a zoom meeting by the way with mo some of my clients know her by name but anyway um you see more and more people um wanting to stay at home um and there's um if you look at, at um the job postings, there's more and more people looking for remote 
um, not only virtual assistants, but just people who will remo uh, work remotely, period. And also one of the things that has come up a lot um, or has started is there are a lot of agency now that um, just will um, specialize in those who work remotely. So um, there's a lot of them out there. I've checked out a lot of them. Um, I actually have joined one. So um, there's, there's a lot of expertise out there for people who want to work remotely. Now, one question kind of followed because I, I definitely hear that. So you've had, on the one hand, people started working from home. You do have interruptions, but most people, it seems like there's at least a pot portion, now portion of the population not getting into whether employers want it or not, but at least for the people that are working from home and saying, mm -hmm. hey, I like this. You're in places where it's a long commute. You're having to deal with uh, going back and forth to work and then traffic and, you know, all of that. You're saying, hey, I'd love to recapture this time and love the freedom to, you know, not have someone looking over my shoulder, always popping in my office, so to speak. And so I definitely get um, the desire or at least for a portion of people. And some people like the office and collaboration and seeing other people. But there are people that want to do that. But now is that, you know, how has that affected the almost a competition for, you know, before COVID, you've been do, working from home and doing it virtually for a while. Um, but, you okay. know, how has that affected the competition as far as more people wanting those positions? And maybe there are more positions, more people wanting them and it balances out. Or have you seen an adjustment in the competition? Well, actually, it's a little bit of both. Um, there's more postings for virtual people, but there's also more people going after those Um They've realized now that they can work from home. Um, they can do it successfully. They can be productive at it. So you also have more competition out there. The only thing a lot of them don't have, you know, like I have, it'll be going on 13 years working virtually um, in January. So a lot of these are just coming on. And, and there are a lot of agencies out there who will hire people like that and then help them kind of build a portfolio. So um, there is a lot more competition out there. So and I think it goes back to sometimes, I'm sorry, sometimes oh. it, um, you get what you pay for. So somebody who has, who's just starting actually won't have the degree of experience as someone like me or, or, you know, and there's others who've been working out there for many, many years. So you just have to, you just have to weigh your options and be a little bit careful. Hmm. No, and I think that, that makes sense. Now, with the increase in competition, how do you distinguish yourself? In other words, it sounds like, you know, yes, there are more positions, but overall, there's probably more competition for those positions. In other words, there's more people wanting to work from, or, you know, more people wanting to work from home than necessarily the positions are, are provide because, you know, not all employees are went full remote, not all, you know, offer that. Mm -hmm. And so as you've had the increase in competition, how have, or, you know, you or, you know, people that are already in the industry, how do you compete or how do you respond to that? Or how do you adjust to it? And you, you hit on a little bit, but maybe give us a bit more insight. Well, when they look at my, my resume, they'll see, for one thing, they'll see the difference because they'll see my background. Mm -hmm. um, and also if they check on um, um, like Facebook or LinkedIn, they'll also see the experience there that others might not have. So um, that's one way. And a lot of times, you know, if they talk to me, they'll, they will, they will kind of get that experience just in, in talking to me that they wouldn't get with someone else. Mm. So now 
now I'm going to ask the, the flip side of the question, which is now let's say you're wanting to get it. So I get on the one hand, if you've been doing it for a while, you can point to say, hey, I was doing working remote working and virtual assisting before it was cool, so to speak. And, mm -hmm. you know, I had the experience and I've done it for a while and you can see my track record. Let's take the flip side of the conversation, which is now you are on the side where, hey, I do like working from home. I think it's a better arrangement. It fits my lifestyle better, whatever the motivation might be but you don't have that experience, what are the best ways that you can think of for people that are wanting to get into that? And let's say their employer doesn't offer that and they're looking to maybe make a change. How do you kind of start, what are the best paths to start to get into it if you're coming off of COVID and wanting to do that? I would say go with one of the agencies because um, a lot of times um, they will help you um, build a portfolio. They will help you because um, a lot of these agencies also have um, they have like teamwork where if you have a question you don't know the answer to, all you have to do is ask the rest of the rest of um, their team and they will help you find that answer. So I would say go with one of those agencies. And there's a lot of them out there now that are very reputable. Um, they're great people. So like I said, I checked a lot of them out and um, they're, they would be very helpful for someone just starting out. All right. No, I think that that's a great advice. So you know, if you're starting, trying to get or get going on it, establish yourself and, uh, you know, go with an agency that is one that they have more experience. They probably can get you better set up and, uh, and, and help you to or gain experience in that realm. So mm -hmm. now one of the other things that we, you know, we chatted about kind of before the episode that was, and I think an outgrowth of that is, you know, people are looking or focusing on work, right, work life relationships which on the one hand, working from home and be, you know, doing virtual assistant and doing those type of things, it provides more freedom to not be in the office and to not have to commute. And it does that on the other hand, it can also or sometimes detach you from human interaction. In other words, you're not seeing people in the office all the time. You're not be able to, you know, pop some your head into someone's office or have them there or bounce an idea off. Because you still can, but it just seems like when you're not there in, you know, in the same space or the same physical location, it tends to create more of a distant feeling. So how do you deal with that? Thoughts on that? You know, is that a, a, an accurate assessment? Is it not accurate? But if it is kind of how do you how do you balance that or, or keep those relationships? Well, I think it's about not everybody could work at home successfully. Um, not everybody has the type of personality or temperament to work at home because it takes a certain amount of discipline because um, you're at home and you can see 50 million distractions, other things that you would rather be doing. So you, you have to be very disciplined to work at home. And on the other hand, um, there are some people who, who crave um, human interaction. And there are some people who are perfectly okay being on their own, not being around people. Um, I'm one of the latter. I, I don't need to be around people. Um, it's, some people feed off that. I don't. <laughs> um, I don't know what that says about me, but I don't need to constantly be around people. But there are some people who do, and I, working from home would be very difficult for them, at least working on home on a full-time basis. Um, sometimes with some jobs, there are kind of like a hybrid where you can go into the office for a day or two and then work at home the rest of the week. Um, they would probably be most happy in those kind of situations. Mm -hmm. No, and I think that makes sense. And that's 
seems like, you know, there's an ongoing evolution. And I said, I'm, I love LinkedIn and it seems like it's an ongoing battle with LinkedIn as to mm -hmm. whether working from home, is it a hybrid? Is it all from home? Is it all right. at work? And what about, you know, and then it creates a tension between employers that may not line up with what the employees want or, or vice versa. So I think that, but, you know, to that question of work-life balance, I think that there, you know, that may, while maintaining a relationship, you do have to mm -hmm. one be self-honest and, you know, I, I'm probably in the more of the, uh, in the camp that you are that I worked from home for several years of my career. And I tended to like it just fine now. My wife was home. And if I wanted to go and complain about something, I'd just go complain to my wife. It would be <laughs> nice enough to listen to me. Right. Um, but I think that you do have to be realistic that while you think, hey, this will be all positive, you do have to also say, do, will I miss a human interaction? Am mm -hmm. I a people person? Do I like to bounce ideas off of others? Because it's, it's a, it is a bit of a, a different arrangement. So Right. Or I, am I one of those who are easily distracted, um, which would cause a lot of problems if you work from home? Yeah, no, I, I think so. So now shifting gears yet again, but uh, one of the kind of follow on to that is the other difficulty, I think kind of the, the flip side of the coin is that there becomes a less of a boundary with work-life work, work life relationships or guarding your time. In other words, because you're working from home and it, it doesn't, it's not like you're interrupt. It doesn't feel like, or at least for some people, you're interrupting your home time because you're always at home. And mm -hmm. so if it's in the middle of dinner or it's later in the night or it's earlier in the morning, it seems to be those boundaries that were once a bit more established of, hey, when I'm at, or home from the office, I'm home from the office. Now I'm at, or home is the office that I'm not, or, you know, that you have that bleeding in of there isn't those clear boundaries. So how do you deal with that? If you are working from home, how do you set up so that you can guard against your free time or that you're not always having that intrusion? Well, when I take on a client, that's one of the first things I do. I do set boundaries. I do not work past five o'clock. I don't work um, on the weekends. Um, I will not answer my phone after five. Um, I might look at it, but I won't answer it. If it's an emergency, that's one thing. But if it's just day-to-day -day work, I will not answer it. And I make sure that the clients know that if you text me or email me on a Friday, I won't get back to you until Monday. And weekends are absolutely off limits. So you, you have to be strong enough to set those boundaries up front. And Some I think you also have to be strong enough to actually enforce the boundaries. In other words, you can tell clients that, and then the first time they, they, they need or want to reach out to you at that point, they'll do it anyway. And so sometimes it feels like you have to cement that in by actually sticking to your guns. Well, actually, I, I did that with one client. Um, she's a very nice lady. Um, and I worked with her for a while. And she texted me something after five o'clock on a Friday. And I said, and I, I wrote her back. I see this, but I'm not going to do anything about it. Um, as we talked, I do not work um, after five o'clock during the day and I will not work on the weekends. So, and she said, okay, I realized that. And going forward, there was no problems, but I did have to kind of reinforce it. And you do. Hmm. Um, and of course, there's an exception to every rule. There have been times um, uh, when I've, I didn't have to, but I did it um, for the good of the job. Um, mm. There was a problem with an upcoming event that we had planned. Um, a caterer had pulled out one week before the event. So I spent the weekend trying to find someone that would be available in a week. Um, I didn't spend my whole weekend doing that, but I, you know, you know, five minutes here, five minutes there. 
but we mm. did get someone. It worked out terrific. The food was awesome. Everybody loved this caterer. So there are, you know, exceptions, but it has to be a clear emergency for me to do oh, that. And I'm, I'm right there with you. I mean, I, there's always exceptions to the rule, but you can't make, you don't want to make the exception the rule in the sense that you're always making so many exceptions that there, it, right. it obliterates yeah. that, that boundary. You know, one of the things that I found and not naming any names by any clients because I don't want to, they're still clients, <laughs> they're great clients, but you know, we had some that they will, they would, it was on the weekend and I'm, I was similar. I, you know, I don't, I work from an office, uh, but you know, I'm, I work remotely in the sense of a lot of my clients aren't, are, are in different States or in different locations. And so while we have, I have a physical office space, it still has a lot of that same remote feel to them because they're not coming into my office specifically. Right. And we, I'd have, I'd have some clients that will, they would call me on the weekend. And I, I usually Saturdays that is 90% of the day is with kids sports and Sundays are for religious worship. So I just don't do, I don't do anything unless it's an exception and something is urgent and can't be waiting. I'll usually ignore it. And they would just, they would call. And then if I didn't pick up with a call, they would text. And then when I didn't text back, they would email. And so I'd get hit three times and I would ignore all of them. And then they would, you know, then the, then they would wait a couple hours to start it over. And so one of the things that I actually started doing that seems to, to have helped as well. And just kind of as a thought is I actually set up just with outlook that I will on the weekends it automatically responds and says, Hey, I received your message. I don't work on the weekends, you know, family time on Saturdays, religious worship on Sundays, definitely will jump on this as soon as I get in the office on Monday. And that way it kind of helps to, give them a response, reinforce that so that they know, Hey, okay. They, they have received it. They, they're not going to respond, but they are aware of it. And that one kind of, and I, I also went as far as uh, having on my phone automated texting as well, that will kind of give them the same thing of, Hey, it's a weekend. Mm -hmm. I don't respond on the weekend. I definitely value and you're an important client, but I also have to have that boundary. And I think however, you know, whether it's the way I did it or the way you do it or anything else, I think mm -hmm. setting those clear boundaries is to, exactly. this is, not all the time is work time and I do have other things and this is how, you know, here's the boundaries that we have. Which is the reason why I left the office in the first place was because I was working 60, 70 hours a week and still bringing work home with me and, and I wanted to get away from that. And that's why I started doing this almost 13 years ago. So, I mean, you have to set the boundaries and then you have to be strong about it. Yep. No, and I think that if, you have, you're the one that has to be strong because others won't be unless you unless you reinforce them. Now they yeah. get. I think one the one positive is after you reinforce a few times, they tend to be much more respectful. And I found you know this is my tangent, but if I explain why I don't work on Sundays, hey, that's mm -hmm. my religious worship. That's when I, I take a day aside. They're usually pretty respectful. And same thing even with families. Hey, I have a family. I have kids. They have sports. Right. While work is important to me, my kids and my family are more important to me. And so don't make me choose because you're going to lose. But you say it in a nice way, but I think people get it because they also have life and they also have boundaries themselves. And so just helping to reinforce it tends to, to go a long way. And I think you make a good point, too, because what I do, you know, I explain, well, you know, I took a horseback riding a couple of years ago. So I take horseback riding lessons. But this place is a Christian farm as well. So I also teach Bible study on Saturday. So, you know, I'm at the farm like four or five hours on, on Saturday. That's my time. And I, I love the time with my girls there um, with the Bible study. And then, of course, Sunday is, is church and, and God. And, and I prefer not to do anything on Sunday. So, I mean, when they understand that, 
um, this is what I do on that time, they tend to be much more um, careful about bothering you. You know, they yeah, seem to I think that if all it feels is like, hey, I'm blowing it off because I don't want to work, then they're like, well, this uh-huh. is an emergency. This is important to me. You're going to, you need to do the work. I think if you establish, hey, here's why I'm doing it. And right. here's the reason why my, I don't work on these days or why I guard against mm-hmm. those, then they're a lot more understanding. And that's just my, my soapbox right. or what has worked for me. Yeah. yeah. Well, while you as a client are important to me, this is also very important to me in a different part of my life, you know, yep. and there's this balance and I appreciate you understanding that. And for the most part, they do. Yeah, I think 95%, they always have the exception to the rule. They don't care. They want it done now. And yeah, uh-huh. then you have to decide if they're worthwhile as a client or if you're just going to have to say, it's I'll, I'll deal with it. as If they don't like it, then they'll have to find a different way to deal with it. And exactly. sometimes you just have to, you have to allow that to happen as well. So exactly. shifting gears just a little bit. So one of the other things we, and there's a whole bunch of things. I think this is a big Pandora's box of a lot of things, especially when we get into working from home. But one of the things I think you had mentioned, correct me if I'm wrong, is there's also been a growth of platforms for placing virtual assistants. In other words, as the the field has expanded, as more people are looking to do it, there are more platforms. If you were... If you were starting today, and I know you've been doing this much longer, but how would you go about figuring out which platforms are good platforms, or if you know of any specifically, or even more generally, what should you be looking for if you're in the position of looking for a platform, looking to get started, and how you should decide, hey, these are great platforms that will work well with me, and I'll be happy, Mm -hmm. and these ones are ones that are just looking to take advantage of me. Any ideas? Uh, Check out the websites. Uh, Give them a quick call. Um, Talk to somebody there. Talk about... um, Talk about how they do things, um, what they're looking for. Um, and you see them all the time on um, job posting sites, um, Indeed and ZipRecruiter and all those other ones. You, you'll see those different companies on there. And um, just, you know, or, or do a search, do a search on, uh, on a search engine and um, just call them up, check, check out their website, see how they do things, see what see what kind of things they're looking for. And because um, not every company is looking for the same kind of, of type as a virtual assistant. Some might be more technical, some might be general. So um, check them out, you know, give them a call, give them a quick call and um, just ask them questions and, and see what they're looking for. Um, is it something that's compatible with what you're looking for? Will they help you? Um, will they offer... Um, some kind of guidance. Um, there's some in particular that will help you build a portfolio of, of clients. There's some where, you know, they, you, they start out very small, you know, just like maybe five, seven hours a week. And then as you get more experience, you can go after more clients in their, their database. So, I mean, hmm. there's all kinds of things out there now. Um, so if I'd almost kind of encapsulate that, it's almost do your homework and, and look into a bit rather than just going with the first one that comes along or the first right, one right. is check them out, look into them a bit, see what they, what they offer as far as support, ask them questions and make sure it's mm-hmm. a good platform rather than the first one that you find. Right. Right. And it would have been so much easier had those kind of companies been around when I was starting out, but you know, virtual work was still so new back then that um, they weren't, you did everything on your own or by word of mouth. And, talking to all your friends. Hey, do you know some, somebody who could use a few hours work a week? And I like to um, 
somebody want, some people want somebody, a client that they can get a lot of hours from. I'm one of those that I like diversity and I don't like putting all my eggs in one basket. So I like clients where I might work 10 hours here, five hours there, um, so that if something happens to them, I still have other clients to fall back on. Mm. Um, that might just be um, from um, 2008, um, when everything kind of went under and you really had to scramble for work, or it just might be the mindset that I have. I don't know, but um, some people prefer, you know, like 20 hours a week, 30 hours a week from one client where I prefer a lot of littler clients that, that I can put together. It, and, and these companies will help you do that too. Well, I think that that's definitely some, some good takeaways and, you know, it uh, is definitely an evolving field and figuring out how, or how it works and where you, if you, if you fit into it, where you fit into it definitely is, is a, a, a lot to figure out. So one of the last things uh, before we wrap up the podcast that we had talked on, that I thought would be worthwhile too, is it seems like, and I think that you mentioned it, is that now working from home where sometimes it was a bit broader as far as what people are looking for is tending to get more specialized and maybe gets a bit of an insight as to where it's trending or kind of how that specialization works and where you see things going. Well, I think um, really, to be honest, I think all this COVID has kind of shown the way of the future. Um, I don't really like to talk about COVID because that's a, that's a Pandora's box in and of itself. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's shown people that um, bosses in particular that their their employees can work from home and be productive. Whereas there there was this mindset before that if you work from home, you were just playing around. You really weren't going to get any work done. But I think that's shown that that's not the, the case. So I think everything going forward, little by little, um, is going to be going more remote. So it's not just virtual assistants. It's technical people. It's um, IP people. It's um, I've even seen ads for lawyers and, and, and that um, on a remote basis. So I think going forward, just about every industry is going to be start going remote more and more, um, where sooner or later, there are going to be very few people in an office. Um, there might be just like a skeleton crew in an office setting or none at all. Um, but I know more and more people are, are working from home and looking for that work. So um, there, it's all across the board industry-wise. Well, interesting. Well, definitely and insightful. And it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. And I, I still don't know if everybody knows exactly. It seems to be trending in that direction. But do you would have asked somebody a couple of years ago, they wouldn't have thought it would have trended in that direction. So all we'll you have to do is, is take a look at the job sites and you'll see remote, 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 remote. So you just it's there. Well, I think that, that there's definitely a, a lot of truth to that. And that's always interesting. I even look at the, the job sizes to try and just keep an eye on how the legal industry is evolving and even beyond remote or not remote. I think just seeing where the salaries are at, where people are at, what are, you know, what is it demand up high and there's a ton of posts or is it very low and not a lot of, you know, a lot, not a lot of people looking and kind of gives you a better idea of the, the work industry in general. So do the same thing just to keep abreast of things. So well, as we wrap up, if, you know, we've we've chatted about a whole bunch of, uh, I think, at least for me, very interesting and, and fun uh, fun areas of uh, of the industry. But if you were to take, you know, one la- the the one last question, um, which is, you know, with all of those things, and if some, it will take the person that is 
looking to get started with or as or, or to shift their career, their career, their uh, job to something that's more remote and wanting to live that lifestyle, be given mm -hmm. one kind of takeaway or one or key to get started on today or to start to prepare for that or to get into that industry, what would be that one piece of advice? Do your homework. Do your homework. Um, and be realistic. Um, it's not for everybody, but do your homework. Um, contact these places, talk to people, um, and just make sure you, you understand what's going on and, and you understand everything that's out there because there's a lot going on out there and, and you just can't go into it blindly. You just have to, to do your due diligence. That's well, I think that, that is, <laughs> I think that's a great piece of advice. And I definitely think do, do, doing due diligence before you're making a shift and also making sure mm -hmm. it's what you want because, you know, leaving it or it is a transition and it can be a great thing or it can be something that you don't mm -hmm. enjoy, but making sure that you do your due diligence to, mm -hmm. to avoid the, the downside if there is one or if you don't, or it doesn't, it isn't for you or it is for you that you can make sure to know. So I think that's a great takeaway. Well, as we wrap up, um, if people want to reach out to you, they want to contact you, they want to bend your ear, they want to get more advice, they want to um, hire you as a as a, a an assistant, virtual assistant, they want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above. What's the best way to reach out to you, contact you, find out more? Um, they can reach me via my email, which is my name, Trish Llewellyn, which is L E W E L L Y N seven seven at gmail.com. All right. Well, I definitely encourage people to reach out and make connections. So, well, thank you again, Trish. It's been fun. It's been a pleasure and to have you on the podcast. Um, now, for all of you the listeners, if you have your own expertise you'd like to share or you have a journey that you'd like to share on the podcast, feel free to go to inventiveguest.com and apply to be on the show. We'd love to have you. Um, also, make sure to like, subscribe, or share the, the podcast so that both you and others can or continue to get these great episodes and uh, we're able to or continue to share a lot of expertise and a lot of journeys. Last but not least, if you ever need help with patents, trademarks, or anything else with your business, feel free to go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat. We're always happy to help. Thank you again, Trish, and welcome. Sure. wish you the next layer of your journey even better than the last. Thank you. You too. You, you, uh, you have.